0: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Doug show. My name is Doug Cunnington. And in this episode, I'm talking to my friend, Tyler Bishop. He works over at Ezoic and we're going to be talking about the customer week, which is September 13th through uh, the 17th. I believe Tyler, that's correct, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. How are you doing today, man? It's been a
1: little while since we've been able to catch up. Yeah, it's been a minute. Um, almost over a year, if I had to guess. Uh, but I'm doing really well through we talking about before the show. It's been an exciting time at Azoic. We've been growing really quickly and uh, thankful that all our vaccinated employees are largely back in the office. So that makes things quite a bit easier. But like I'm sure a lot of your audience knows, we've been you know, in this kind of environment where everything is remote for a little over a year. So we're, we've all adapted in different ways. So I'm excited to be here and happy to be talking to you again. And
0: before we get into like the meat of everything, I'm just curious like getting back into the office, were there any changes that were, you know, a little unexpected, like going back into, um, you know, the same old environment that maybe you were used to, but you've had a break for a year?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I think this is something I sort of anticipated at the start, but you know, moving into a largely all remote environment, I think you see a lot of the benefits initially, Um, both myself, the whole organization, our team. I think you enjoy that sort of autonomy and flexibility and realize there's, you know, some things that you can do that maybe you couldn't have done before. But then as time goes on, you start to realize, boy, it would be nice to be able to just kind of like, collaborate in person. And I know that there's a lot of technical innovations that have tried to make this a lot easier or, you know, try to make it more approachable from a remote location, but it's just not the same. And so getting back into the office, one of the things that I think I noticed the most was just uh, how much quicker we could move uh, in terms of some of the littler things that we'd focus on, because you could get people in a room together and just iterate kind of fast. But um, yeah, I think, it's one of those things that if you, if you can't adapt to something like that in general, I think you probably need to look at your processes. So, there's definitely some, some benefits of being able to have a hybrid workforce and um, yeah, I'm just happy to have the option now.
0: Very cool. Yeah. And I've, I've worked from home and now by myself for so long, it would take a, a lot of adjustment for me to work with other humans again. It's usually just yeah. me, me and the dog around here. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I have to say personally, that was one of the um, probably strangest things to get used to is uh, my dog and I, uh, he he would sit behind me oftentimes and right around 530, she knew that that's when we went to the park and it became like a habit or a thing. And so it's one of the things I miss the most. And I know he missed too, because whenever I'd come home from the office and things like that late in the evening, he would be looking at me like, what? you missed it. It's been hours, you know? And so I do miss that, but I found other ways to kind of spend that time with them.
0: Yeah. My, my dog it has a very, a very tight regimen. I mean, go out with me and play and then play with my wife. And like, there's uh we have our, our own roles and this could be a whole other podcast where we could just talk oh about our dogs God. and what we do with our dogs, but we will have to get to the actual topic. So for the people that don't know, what Ezoic is at all. Can you let us know what Ezoic is and what's your role there?
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm our CMO. I'm one of uh i one of five uh, executive offers for the company and we really built uh Ezoic from the very beginning as a, basically as a, a platform so that all publishers would have the ability to do things that are complex um and and find a way to be able to do them without hiring people, relying on third parties and things like that. And largely, we started this in the advertising space. So being able to implement what someone would call a sophisticated ad op setup um, and leveraging the power of machine learning. One of the big revelations of the company and sort of our company story is that our founder, Dwayne LaFleur, he actually created the first ad network for Facebook. And uh, it was acquired. And in that time, he discovered that Basically, each visitor would have um, well their experience largely dictated how advertisers would bid. But he noticed that even if you would optimize for visitor experience, that looked different across a lot of different users. So being able to optimize the visitor experience alongside other goals like SEO or revenue um, really allows publishers um, the ability to move much faster, grow their revenue quicker. Um, so, the idea behind the platform was build machine learning into stuff so that publishers wouldn't have to go through the rigorous testing that's required to, to really succeed as things have gotten more complex. Okay. And I want to break down some of the, some of the jargon
0: that you use. So, publishers are people that have websites, right? Webmasters.
1: Yeah. And I, a great point to break down the jargon. There's a lot of it. And I always try to simplify, but I'm a victim as much as a perpetrator in that regard. So yes, publishers are basically anyone publishing content of, of any kind to the web. So that could be video, could be written content, could be web applications like a calculator website. But basically, independent publishers largely are who our customers are. So pretty much anyone trying to monetize content on the web. Got it. And and you mentioned ads, so they're they're monetizing with
0: ads, and you guys have been able to, you know, break down the complexity. So, what does that mean? So, do complex things. Are we talking like A-B testing and some other things like that? Can you, like, explain exactly, like, some of the implementations that we might see uh, because Ezoic has simplified some of those implementations?
1: Yeah. So, if you look at it, um, we've done a lot of things that I would say are industry first. Um, we we're the first ones to use machine learning um, to, to basically bring digital publishing into the digital age. If you think about it right now, the way that everything works in terms of a user experience is very much the way that things worked in the days of print. So even the terminology that we use, you want to talk about jargon, you've got, you know, impressions and things like that that are used to talk about ads or above and below the fold. These are, these are terms from the world of print. And showing every single visitor the exact same thing, specifically when we talk about ads, is that's because print was restricted. Um, digital isn't restricted by print's rules. And so, um, immediately, there's this opportunity to make the visitor experience better. And we were the first ones to really discover that and provide an easy platform to, to do that because the, the kind of multivariate testing and data science you have to do to actually get that right, especially with ads where you can trick yourself really easily. The most common mistake I see publishers or ad ops people make is that they optimize for CPMs day over day. And the problem is, is that advertisers might not change bids until months or weeks of data accrues. And then next thing you know, you're digging yourself a hole. And so what we've done is if you think about how ads are displayed on most sites, there's one real dominant party in the uh real dominant player in the space, and that's our good friends at google and uh, they offer two largely um uh similar ad products: one is Adsense, which is an ad network in the traditional sense there's advertisers on one side and you've got publishers or places that ads can show on the other and then you've got uh their ad exchange or their ad server ad manager, and what that is is essentially a way for publishers to put their own ads of any kind, some that they might sell directly through brands on a website. Uh, but it also has access to Google's Ad Exchange, which not only includes all of the advertisers inside of Google, but just about every ad network on the planet bids inside of Google's Ad Exchange. So you can think of it like a Wall Street trading floor. The problem is is that AdX isn't largely available to most publishers that aren't of very significant size, talking about the hundreds of millions of page views uh, a month. And so, being able to implement AdX alongside a lot of other recent revelations like header bidding and things like that, it gets really complex. So, most publishers are really reserved to using something like an AdSense until they've gotten large enough for a third party or an ad op shop or somebody like that to come along and help them implement this better performing form of ad setup. And so we do that by default using our technology and make it far easier for publishers to do themselves. And then we give them the machine learning so that they can ensure that their ad revenue and their goals are well taken care of in this in this process. Okay. And one thing I noticed
0: is you described Ezoic as a, as a platform. And I, I don't think that was a mistake. And a lot of times I'll just say ad network. And can, can you explain w- why you use the word platform and why me saying just ad network? Cause that's the easiest thing for other people to understand. And that's why I say it. So can, can you break that down? Cause I think there's probably a specific reason for you doing that. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the reason is because in in the most technical sense, an ad network is someone that is essentially working with advertisers and then working with basically people that are going to display advertisements. And that space is so crowded. There's so many people that want to sit between. I mean, it's a it's a multi hundred billion dollar industry where you've got a lot of third parties that want to sit in that in between. And we know that our good friends, Google, as we mentioned earlier, are a major player. So they're they're adding value. But there's a lot of people in there that aren't. And that's the problem that we've seen over time is that publishers really struggle to understand and know what they have to do to optimize everything together so that they can actually make a fair price for their their content. And so our technology was really built so that we could basically govern all those things together um, using machines to make all the decisions that you normally would need hundreds and hundreds of people to do. And so we've made all these things available in a self-serve format for publishers. And then obviously we've worked on, um, especially recently figuring out how do we support the different types of publishers, different sizes, things like that with support staff and experts that can sort of help them better take advantage of these things. So our idea behind calling this a platform, you can think of it as a, piece of software or um, you know, even just uh, a technology in general, um, but it's so that publishers can come and basically onboard themselves to all these things that normally they would have to hire people for or outsource for. Um, we get tossed into the same bucket as a lot of other people in this space that are referred to as ad networks, and realistically, most of us aren't really ad networks at all. We're usually service providers or technology producers, and some of us are hybrids of both, but Ezoric really is the only one that's been designed so that all publishers regardless of size can can do these things and and the only one using real artificial intelligence or machine learning.
0: Okay. That makes sense. And I guess the question is, should I change my vo- vocabulary and not call Ezoic an ad network? Is that is that an issue? Like, uh, f- again, just for like shorthand, so people can communicate more quickly instead of me saying, well, it's really a technology and
1: software platform and uh, all the things you said. So what should I do, Tyler? What, what do you suggest? Well, I, you know, it's a tough one because we talk about this one internally a lot because ad network is a dirty word because ad networks, in, in my opinion, that they, they have a Very, very sordid past. The history of ad networks, they're so slimy. I just want nothing to do with them. That's part partially what we do. It's like we kind of cut out a lot of the ones that aren't really providing any value. And we're always testing new ones. But you know, we would call ourselves a technology or a platform. But I also recognize the first thing I think when someone says we're not an ad network, I think. Do that's an ad free. network for <laughs> yeah. sure. So it's kind of a, it's the same, you know, we find ourselves in the same problem with AI or machine learning. You know, I feel like AI and machine learning has gone the way of gluten-free and handcrafted and things like that, where just about everything is thrown that label on there and it's sort of lost its its true meaning. So, you know, we're in a bit of a pickle, but I, I think that one of the things that we've uh, really tried to focus on here as of late is you know being our own thing, um, ezoic is ezoic, and um, people can refer to us by a lot of different things, but if we do a great job and make our customers excited about us and do a good job of educating them along the way, um, I think that we'll you know be recognized by what we do and how we perform and what our customers say about us
0: okay it is a tough tough question to answer, so I'll take that and before we get into customer week. Is there anything else that is a differentiator for EZOA compared to other companies in the space?
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, there, there's quite a bit, you know, I, I think of us very much as uh, contrarians. Um, uh, you know, our, we're, we don't have a external mission statement. Um, internally, I can tell you it's to help publishers. I mean, our original, our original technology, our founders, uh, John and Dwayne, they they were using it actually to flip websites. They were buying them by the hundreds. They actually got an investment of about $6 million, and they went out and bought close to 400 different websites, and they got their money back in, in less than eight months using the technology in its earliest form. And so they kind of were like, you know, this, this is a pretty nice little business. It's a thirsty business in terms of cash flow, but... They really saw the vision as being, look, the reason why we can do this is because this is badly needed. And for us, the larger opportunity is to fix the problems in this space. There's a real lack of transparency. A lot of that has to do with as things have gotten more complex, it makes it hard to be an expert, which we see as the opportunity for third parties to come in and sort of pray uh, especially on sites that um maybe lack the resources or are just independent and don't have the overhead costs that a you know like major major publisher might have like a like a New York Times or someone like that so yeah i mean i, I would say if i had to say one thing that differentiates us it's that um everything about us is different and i know that that's frustrating for our our customers when they start a lot of times, because it's like, why can't we just put JavaScript on our website? Or, you know, why can't we just do things this way? Why do they have to use placeholders? And fundamentally it's because we think that that's better for, for them. It puts their best interests um, in in front. And that's ultimately what makes these the most different is I don't think that there's many people looking out for a publisher's best interests and, even we can't be trusted, and so that's why we build a platform that allows publishers to be in control.
0: This message is brought to you by Otis. That is O-D-Y-S dot global, and Otis is the source for age domains with strong branding and powerful backlinks and our featured domain for today is called foot fanatico. and this is a site that was focused on global sports and soccer news so it's foot fanatico like fut fanatico.com and it acted as a platform for the owner to sell his own ebook which was about soccer or football for the whole rest of the world and i'll just say soccer from here on out since i'm from the u.s and basically it covered global sports but it was aimed at a u.s audience now let's hit some of the quick metrics right now it was created back in 2008 it has a domain rating from hrefs as 10 however it was 19 uh, earlier in 2021 and it was previously 38 so it actually has a bit of a decline as it happens sometimes when sites are neglected. And the domain authority is 36. It's kind of funny how the domain authority and the domain rating are so far off sometimes. Some people like certain tools. Anyhow, it is a very brandable name as most of the domains, like almost all of the domains over at Otis are. And I think it should be fairly obvious, but with this specific domain you probably could cover just news on football type sports so I think you'd probably just do fine focusing on soccer in general but you could also go a little bit more broad and probably cover some other types of you know sports where you use your feet I think with the news aspect of it you'd probably be in good shape to put ads on the site as far as monetization and you could of course put different ebooks and stuff like that you could create your own ebook if you wanted to but there's probably some other courses and online courses that you could use other metrics are the number of uh, you know links and stuff so we have 246 referring domains 159 of those are do follow and you have links from sites like pro soccer USA.com, USsoccerplayers.com, 442.com, and so on. There's a ton of different backlinks out there. So it's just a matter of perhaps recreating some of those pages that the links are going to and making sure that you have that covered so you don't lose the link juice along the way. And of course, the other monetization that you could lean on is affiliate offers, right? So you could. Cover uh, topics related to soccer and other related sports, and then you can have reviews on the accessories or some other gear that you might need for certain sports. I'm not a sports person. Seems like most of the time you just need a ball for something like football, soccer. But I'm ignorant. I I, n- I never played, <laughs> so I'm sure there's other things you can get. Anyway. Thanks to Otis and you can get $100 onto your account if you sign up using my link and I'd get a commission if you actually do buy anything and I greatly appreciate that. But there's no reason not to get that $100 into your account and just keep an eye out for domains that might be a good fit for you or your specific site that you already have in place. So just head on to Otis and learn a little bit more. So let's move on to customer week. And I guess you could just tell us
1: what it is and what's it all about. Yeah, so we've been working really hard over the last, I'd say two years on a number of different things that are sort of, in in my mind, the the overarching direction that we've started from, meaning we've known where we needed to get to, but to build something like that takes time. So I would say it started maybe... Uh, a year and a half ago, um, your audience may be familiar with what what we now call our Access Now program. Uh, In its pilot form, we called it Just Start. And it was a way for us to allow sites that are just starting or like brand new essentially, to begin using the technologies that we provide, not just the things that we provide for monetization, but for you know SEO tag testing, video uh, gdpr uh, free sSL we offer free WordPress hosting, so we can just help sites save that little bit of money that you would spend on hosting to start with, so we really wanted to build something that allowed all sites' accessibility because we see education as the number one thing that would hold somebody back from being an Azoic customer because the more you know, we believe the greater the chance that you would use us versus you know outsourcing to some kind of black box or something like that. So when we started that, we knew that the overall direction would be once we had something that would allow all publishers access, then we could really start to divide up the different segments of our customers and start giving them just basic different service offerings and product offerings based on where they're at in their growth cycle. So, you know, additional features, additional staff support, expertise, uh, access to uh, additional ad partners, and things like that that might not be available to all sites. And so, we've been building a lot of these things into the platform, along with a lot of other tools that publishers largely need and have asked us for. Um, and we're adding all these things to the platform for free and. Rather than try to roll them out in a beta form over the course of a year, where maybe the you know kind of the the punch of it all, or even just the attention that it would get, um, would maybe not be as far-reaching. We've decided that we wanted to get everything just right and um, and have a real customer week where we could really celebrate a lot of the things that we've been planning, uh, as well as some really major investments that we're making in our own customers because we we've got the data. We believe in them. We believe in the people using our product. And so we're going to show that. And uh, yeah, we're going to do it all at once during customer week. And we think it's the best way for people to see what we've been working on.
0: Awesome. Well, can you tell us some of those things that
1: are going to be rolling out? I can. Luckily, this is the first interview I've done that I'm going to actually be able to talk a little bit about this. So the I would say the the major major announcement um, that we've been doing a lot of different uh, uh, press gauntlets and things like that around is our twelve point four million dollar investment in our own publishers meaning we're gonna find a way to give all of our publishers that twelve point four million dollars over the next year so if you're an azoic customer one of the things that universally I've heard um, over the last five or six years there are ezoic, i I want more help i want I want ezoic to be more invested in, in in my success because if i'm successful then you're successful and we agree and the reason is is because we've seen over time the different ways that we can help our publishers grow um, directly benefits us of course, because in many cases they're monetizing using our products and services and 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 things like that. But not only that, we've noticed that our publishers that tend to focus on the right things, the things that generally we've seen across the board help sites grow, those ones have been some of our best customers. And they're some of the ones that have ended up being, um, you know, like some of our fastest growing and most profitable. And so we've tried to figure out how do we encourage that? How do we accelerate it? How do we make it easier and faster for them? And so we've got a series of different types of grants that we'll be giving uh, across the full spectrum of our publishers over the course of the next year. And one of the ways that we'll be we'll be doing that is we've created a new framework that we're calling Levels. And so Levels is something that we've almost rolled out three different times over the last couple of years. And at the last minute, um, you can blame me, I got cold feet, mainly just because I hate exclusivity. And I I really hate a lack of transparency. And so I didn't want to create something that made publishers feel like they were small or they were big. And because of that, they got something that somebody else didn't get and they didn't know why. And so we tried to create an objective framework that basically segments uh, all the different types of publishers that could be out there from you know someone that would be in our Access Now program with less than 10,000 visits a month, all the way to essentially Publishers that are, you know, a brand like a cosmopolitan or someone like that. And that puts us in position to really impact uh, things in a completely different way because now we can start to offer, you know, access to exclusive ad networks and partners that maybe you wouldn't have access to, um, you know, in a, on a broader scale. And so what we're doing is we've basically created five levels. So there's level one, two, three, four, and VIP. And all these different levels essentially give our publishers different access to staff, experts, products, ad partners, and things along those lines. And it allows us to guarantee that if you're using Ezoic to make money on your site, you will make more money in your respective level with Ezoic than you possibly could anywhere else. And there's, we're, we're absolutely certain about that. And we've been working on this for I mean years and years and been able to split test and test all kinds of different things and it's something that we have no problem whatsoever guaranteeing for our publishers. There's a lot
0: in there so we'll try to unpack some of it. One you said there's 12.4 million dollars in grants that are going to be going out. That well that sounds crazy. Number one, but <laughs> as as you were explaining it, it, it makes sense it's all about incentives and if publishers earn more then ezoic earns more as well and i have you know issues with a lot of the different um industries out there like uh maybe like mortgage brokers or real estate uh agents or something like that where their incentives may not line up with the customer or whoever they're supposed to serve but what you just described makes total sense so if you can help Those publishers grow and earn more money, get more traffic, and all those things. It will help you out in the long run too. So, well, any comments on that before we kind of talk about the grants a little bit more?
1: Yeah, I would say so. That twelve point four million dollars—that's that's my my quote unquote budget. So, CMO means marketing. The M is marketing, and so you would imagine that. You know, the, the, the marketing guy, why would he be investing in, in the customers? Why, why would take money away from advertising, which is obviously our business? I believe that advertising works. Um, and, and all the other different types of initiatives to, to basically reinvest it in our customers. And the reason is, is because um, I, I'm of the mind and of the school of thought that um, sales and marketing is largely worthless if you don't have a very good product. Uh, I could not believe in our product anymore, and I, I believe that if we can get our product into enough people's hands, um, well, that's all we have to do because the word of mouth aspect of everything will will spread. And it comes back to your point earlier about what what do you call something like Ezoic? I, I like to call it Ezoic because I think that we're so different from everything else that the only way that you can really experience that without having to put us into some type of box is to understand what we do, and, and to have that reflected by the people that use it. You are who your customers say you are, and we want to be rabid customer fans. And we think that by investing in them and doing that, that they'll be our advocates. And so my marketing strategy is to just rabidly invest in our customers and um, let the product take care of the rest.
0: So how will the grants be distributed? Can you talk about how how this will happen exactly?
1: Yeah. So we've got a couple different ways that it's going to happen. So we've got kind of different levels of the, of the grants themselves. Um, Lots of segmentation here. Um, So I won't try to parse words with levels and segments and different things like that. But um, so if someone is in our access now program, uh, they go through an educational portion of that program and Part of that reason is because the aspects of integrating and setting up Ezoic, there's a lot of really good educational opportunities there that we think will make publishers smarter, grow faster, understand things from the start a lot better. And so, universally, I I would say 99%. I mean, it it really is like that. Uh, Publishers, even if they don't like going through those courses and stuff to start, always universally say they like it at the end and that it was helpful and that they learned something. So our publishers that do a really good job in that program and then apply those principles, um, they'll be eligible to apply for these kind of Spark grants. And these grants will be um, smaller in nature, but enough to where a publisher could reinvest that money in their site. It would certainly cover any overhead costs that they would have at that stage um, and probably give them some some money to reinvest if they wanted to in content or something like that over the course of a few months. So, we're talking about a couple hundred dollars. And then we've got what we're calling growth grants. And growth grants are really for our publishers kind of in levels one, two. Uh, some of the publishers in level three will have opportunities for growth grants. And these are publishers that are basically fall into one of two categories. So if you're a site that is growing your monthly visits month over month by creating new content and you're growing rapidly and exponentially, we see that is the number one behavior associated with growing. And we want to make sure that you understand that Ezoic, like we love that. We love publishers being data-driven, focusing on what matters. We built our technology to help you with that. So we want to invest in those those sites so that if there's anything holding them back, whether it's paying writers or investing in new software to create you know new types of media or something like that, um, we want to be able to help with that. So we're talking about grants now that can range in you know between thousand dollars and maybe seven thousand dollars. And that's something that will be reserved for publishers that that want that, that are growing fast. Or, and this is the second, is if they're in our Level Up program. And our Level Up program can be seen as almost like an extension of what we do in Education for Access Now, but just reserved for publishers that are level one and up. So this program will take course um, over the – uh, period of about a month, and we'll do each month as its own class. That's kind of what we're looking at now. We may change that and may just make it running, but right now we kind of see it as like a one month boot camp where we're going to have other publishers from VIP and Level Four and some of the other folks that we've worked with before that we've seen find success over time, growing multiple sites um, over the long term, being able to kind of coach and show publishers what they've done to grow quickly. And over this month, any of those that have applied many of the principles and found success will be able to apply for these growth grants as well. And then the very last one is one that I'm, this is this was kind of one of my ideas that we'll see how it goes. But the last one is what we're calling an incubator investment. So the incubator investment is really reserved for level three and up. And the reason is, is because we sort of see this as if, if someone isn't already a career publisher, meaning it's the only thing that they're doing, um, then that's probably uh, largely a goal of theirs. And if if they are, they probably have dreams of you know making it much larger, starting s- like second sites, hiring staff, scaling quicker, um, just being able to be successful but on a larger scale. And so these incubator grants are really designed around giving these publishers a uh, much larger sum of money that would allow them to quit their job, invest in employees, invest in, you know, maybe it's a brick and mortar location for their business. Um, we've seen a lot of our publishers over time grow, open up uh, a storefront essentially in quotes, um, and, and find a lot of success with that. And so these incubator investments will have a, a little bit lengthier of an application process, uh, but I think it'll be a lot of fun. We're going to make it sort of transparent in that. and uh, publishers that are willing to let us kind of broadcast sort of their, their pitch and things like that. We'll, we'll, will showcase that. And then we're going to fly those publishers to either offices here in California or into, uh, London in the UK. And we'll have kind of a kickoff event where, um, we, we load them up with, You know, hardware expertise, anything that we can provide to sort of kind of get them on the right path and started, and we'll let all of our other publishers sort of follow along with their success and what they're doing, and we think everybody's going to benefit from that. So, fingers crossed that it's not crazy. But we we've we've actually tested this with two uh, large publishers where we've given them close to eighty grand um, to invest uh, in their sites, and so far, uh, I couldn't be happier with how they've done and. Obviously, we think that they're shining examples of what it means to be an azoic publisher. Wow! So for that, it's probably like tens of thousands
0: of dollars, since those are you know fairly major investments, and it's a, a pretty big commitment uh, on, from both sides, really, right?
1: Yeah. So we look at it sort of like um, you know uh, the state that I'm from in the United States, Missouri. They used to have this thing called Arch Grants, and Arch Grants was a program from the state of Missouri and the city of St. Louis basically to invest in Missouri startups. Um, and one of the issues is that Missouri startups that were successful would actually get seed funding from you know, someone else, usually like a VC or something, and then they would bail and they'd leave the state of Missouri. So we were basically exporting some of our best and brightest. And we sort of see this as the same way as um, some of our best, fastest-growing publishers are folks that we want to make sure stay as these publishers, that they don't get bought out by some big conglomerate that wants to, you know, put all their staff to work for this publisher. We've, I mean, unfortunately I've seen it recently with some friends of mine that actually are Zoic customers um, that I've built relationships with over the years. And, you know, at first it sounds great. Somebody's going to give a couple million bucks for your business and, you know, you become an employee rather than an owner. And then after about six months, about a year, you start getting a stomach ache about, you know, how that's all worked out. And so we want to, we want to give publishers both access to the finances so they don't have to do that, but also the, um, the resources so that they can sort of build this business themselves. It's, it's sort of how we've looked at things over the years ourselves. So we want to give our publishers the same opportunity. And those are still grants, right? You guys are not taking partial ownership or anything like that. No, we, there, there may be some more strings attached to it than the other ones, which will just be completely uh, equity-free grants. These will also be equity-free, um, but we probably have uh, different strings attached in terms of how the money is invested and things like that. But yeah, we, we won't be taking like an equity stake in the the companies or anything.
0: Wow, that's pretty cool. So, quick summary, um, as much as I can remember, and we'll point people in the right direction so they can see where all this is uh, listed out and documented in a better way, but there are multiple levels. It sounds like some of the smaller grants, uh, you know, as long as people go through the Access Now program, they potentially could be eligible for a few hundred dollars. Um, some of the h- higher levels would be like a thousand to seven thousand dollars. And then mm-hmm. there's even more available, but it sounds like the bulk is maybe in the thousand to seven thousand dollar range.
1: Yeah, that's right. So all all those different uh, grants um, that they're going to be available to largely anybody that uses the Zoic. You'll have access to uh, some form or fashion of that, and as you grow, you'll have additional staff, programs, products, features, support to kind of help you get there. But you know, every step of the way, there's going to be you know an opportunity there to get uh, you know basically money to reinvest in your business so you can grow faster. Very cool, and then uh, the the final little summary part is
0: uh, level up sounds like it's uh sort of an educational thing that is available for what levels
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a great uh, I mean yeah we uh, I have staff ask me every day about some of okay. this, um, so <laughs> level up is going to be available for everyone uh, level one and up, so essentially anyone that's not in access now, so access now sites we want them to to basically get on the right footing. And once they sort of graduate into level one, which I, I believe we look at as being essentially garnering about 10,000 visits a month, um, they'll automatically be kind of pushed into level one. And then from there, the level up program is optional, but we're going to do it in monthly sprints where you can basically join a, a community. Uh, there'll be live webinars, sort of like Kind of these, you can kind of think of it like a diet plan. You know, it's like a lot of those diets start with like you know thirty days. You're on this like real strict one, and then after that, it's a lot easier. It's sort of the same way where we're going to kind of put publishers through a gauntlet of a lot of really interesting things that they can do and practice, and hopefully they learn from that and are able to then apply that to their business and grow faster. Um, we we think that publishers at large, especially those that are growing, often are missing things. And that means that they can spend a lot of time focusing on things that ultimately don't yield, um, much in terms of the bottom line for them. And so this program is really designed on getting them focused on the stuff that's most important. Got it. How can people find out, um, what
0: level they're in and actually, can you describe more the criteria for each of the levels?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, they can find out uh, pretty much everything they would possibly ever want to know about the levels at levels.ezoic.com. So uh, as as you would imagine, building out kind of this this entire thing has been a lot of work, and so that means trying to think of just about every edge case and potential question that someone could come up with. So we we've got all of that in an FAQ and in a series of both graphics and charts and things like that that make kind of understanding some of this a little bit more visual. Um, but with that said, uh, so level one is publishers that are basically have, have gotten about 10,000 visits a month and have earned uh, at least $50 a month on average. And so that puts you in that space where we're like, OK, you're off and running and we want to be able to start supporting you. And and realistically, you need to start having access to a lot of the, the features and technologies and things like that, that that all of our publishers would need and want. And then from there, level two. This is where things start to get a little bit uh, different is because Ezoic customers actually are going to have a lower threshold for both their, their traffic and revenue required for each level. So we've tried to make this very objective. Depending on where your traffic or audience comes from, your revenue from the, you know, the number of visits you get for a month can vary wildly. I always see people ask questions like, what, what's a good EPMB for like a pet site? And my answer is always like between a dollar and a thousand dollars, you know, because realistically, that's that is the level of variety that we see. I, I was showing some new hires the other day, uh, three different sites that specialize in um, Apple technology. Uh, news, rumors, information, things like that. And we're showing them that the difference between their EPMVs varied by about 100% between each one. So you're talking about three sites, one double the EPMV of the last. And, you know, it's like, but why? The audiences, the content, the landing pages, there's a lot of things. And so the way to make this fair for publishers is really to show them both their their traffic and revenue is is being kind of the objective goals to reach. And so uh, level two is uh, for Ezoic publishers. Let me make sure that I get this all right. My team would freak out if I told you the wrong stuff. <laughs> so the number of visitors required for um, for level one is is obviously 10,000 to 20,000. Uh, level two, it's 30,000 to 75,000. But Ezoic, um, Ezoic publishers will have access when it's when they reach 20,000 visitors per month um, level 3 75,000 to 500,000 visitors per month Ezoic users 50,000 to 250,000 per month and then level 4 500,000 and up and then Ezoic customers will have access at 250,000 and up and then our vip is is invite only and we the, the reason is is because we we have a fixed number of those that we add um uh, add each month and it's mainly because we staff seo experts ad ops people um ad sales team members and things like that to scale with it and realistically there's sort of a cadence that we have in terms of the publishers that are large enough to really benefit from those things um and so once they they reach that that point we've got a pretty good way of kind of onboarding those each month so it's going to sort of vary in terms of what the benchmark is
0: okay perfect and I'll just emphasize right now and then we'll say it again, but a lot of people are going to be out on a run or they're at the gym working out or they're driving to school to drop their kids off. So you can follow the link in the show notes and description to get all the proper information documented in a way that you can go back and look and it'll be much easier to understand than me trying to restate it here. So.
1: I, yeah. I, I had think, to look yeah. myself. So, you know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't, blame them. They, uh, levels.ezoic.com will have a lot of the information there. There's also more information about the level up program, sort of the curriculum there. So if a publisher's like, I don't know if I really need all this. If I don't need to learn from other publishers and don't need to be told what to do to grow, maybe take a look at the curriculum and see if there's not something in there where maybe you want to sit in, maybe you want to just kind of steal a couple ideas from somebody else, um, might be worth it, but either way, all the information will be there. Great. Are there any other details with
0: uh, Customer Week that we need to highlight before we finish up here?
1: Man, if I if if what we originally had planned for launching during Customer Week, I I would at this point I'd probably go back and be like, Hey guys, we got to hold more of this stuff back um, because we already have so much. Uh, so all the things that I just shared are basically just what we're dropping on Monday, and we're dropping something every day throughout the week, and. Um, the thing that I find really interesting about it is uh, there's a lot of like little features and things like that. We, we, we release all the time and then no one tells our customers. Sometimes nobody tells me I find out. I'm like, Hey, this is pretty cool report. We've got here in analytics. When did we add this? And they're like, Oh, you know, a month ago. And so we've started collecting a lot of these things. And the reason for this is, We know that people will be paying attention because of the larger changes, and we want to use this as an opportunity to help them identify some of the stuff that we've, you know, been building. So we've got a new WordPress uh, plugin. So it'll be built into our existing Ezoic plugin. But um, right now, a lot of publishers use our uh, Chrome extension to add. Add placeholders across their website. And this will essentially allow them to, instead of using a third party ad inserter, to hard code them. Because sometimes hard coding onto a WordPress site is just a little bit more accurate, especially if you're using like a page builder or, or something like that. And the other benefit here is if you've ever been like, I don't know if I've got the optimal Ezoic setup or I'm setting it up, how do I know I'm putting placeholders in the best location so I can make the most money or have the best UX? Um, our staff has spent years trying to figure out what that looks like for different types of publishers. So the plugin will do it automatically. We'll auto-generate placeholder locations across your WordPress site, something we can't really do with the Chrome extension because it's just not how the web is built. If you look at uh, a lot of these modern frameworks, they don't all follow the same rules. But inside of WordPress, you can get a lot more accurate with that. So Um, this has been something that we know that publishers have wanted. Our sales team has loved it for helping publishers get set up because it's made things faster. Um, we've got a lot of different things that we've added recently as it relates to our caching technology. So caching is something that I'm afraid that I've had to help our publishers understand far more than what they I'm sure want to know about. Uh, but it's so critical to site speed and user experience. And so we've, We've revamped our entire cloud suite to make it easier to manage caching and ensure that you're doing the right things there. Um, and then the same thing could be said for both video and our SEO title tag tester. We've added lots of little stuff there, like if you ever wanted to kind of self-brand the videos on your site, where you could add your own logo and style the video player so it's the colors of your site. We know that those th- like little extra things they there would help you start going from, you know, publishing content to having a brand. And I think that that's pretty cool. So we've tried to add a lot of little things like that, that we'll be announcing throughout the week as well. Okay.
0: That's crazy. I I thought this was everything that was going to be released through the week. So that's just Monday. So where should people go to be notified and, and understand what's coming out each day during the week?
1: Yeah. So one of the things that we've done, and maybe at the end of the week, I'll tell you, this is a terrible idea, but, uh, if you go to zoic.com slash customerweek, we are going to be publishing literally everything that's dropping, the details where you can go and watch videos, learn more about everything in detail. Uh, it'll be there and we we're gonna drop uh, new material on there each day. So you'll be able to see and follow along with all the stuff we're releasing by day. I'm also going to be doing webinars on Monday and Friday. So Monday I'll be answering as many questions as people want to ask me about levels and the grants and the level up program. And then on Friday, when we finally released everything out there, I'm going to open myself up again. And I will stay on those webinars for as long as people want to ask me questions. And I, I'm i crossing my fingers that I don't regret that because <laughs> the last time I did like a large scale one with our customers, I think I was on for three and a half hours. Um, so I'm more than willing to do it. There's no better use of my time. So. Uh, throughout the week, we will have other webinars kind of walking through the different products and releases and things like that from other members of the staff got to take some kind of break, you know? Um, but one of the things that I think is really fun about it is if you go to the customer week, now we can send these things to your inbox. You can get an RSS feed notification, whatever form that you would like to be able to kind of just stay up to date. You can kind of pick the cadence that you like, or you can just go to azoiccom slash customer dash week. Um, Whenever you're, you know, want to check in on how things are going, and the information will be there for you. Final question is: When can people start applying for the grants? Yeah, so almost immediately. So once uh, most of your listeners are hearing this podcast, um, we'll have information up in their levels dashboard, which will be something they notice upon login if they're in access now. That information will be available. That's something that's already kind of built into that program. Level one and up, you'll be able to see your level. You'll be able to apply to the next level. You'll be able to kind of see all the different achievements and things that we've built in. And then uh, we're actually going to be kicking off the week. So, this is a surprise. I'm going to, I guess I'm telling everybody now, we're going to be just issuing a handful of these growth grants just outright to our publishers that we're just really impressed with. And so, this will be a surprise to them. So, you can actually check your dashboard and uh, check your email from Azoic staff, and it could be you. And if not, Get into the level up program because the level up program is going to be basically it'll be one of the best places to go if you really want to get your hands on one of these, because, um yeah, each week we're going to be giving out more and more of them.
0: Got it. This is all amazing. Really, really good to catch up with you, Tyler. Uh, anything else before we we jet here?
1: No, I think that's it, Doug. Thanks for having me on, and thanks for letting me tell everybody about all the things we've got going on during during Customer Week. Uh, I know some of the information is dense, and like you said, if you're dropping the kids off or going on a run or something, it it might kind of feel like I, I lost track of everything. But um, like you said, all the links and stuff should be in the the notes, and I really appreciate you having us on and giving me the platform to kind of talk a little bit more about why I'm so excited about what we do and then really excited for our customers about some of the things that we get to help them with. I, there's Honestly, there's nothing that I like better than than chatting with our customers, hearing about the things that they've done. Um, I think that the web needs independent content. Um, I think that conglomeration, personally, is personal philosophy, but I think that conglomeration in the space of media is very bad for everyone. And I think it's the purest and best exercise and, uh, example of like capitalism, like actually working when you see lots and lots of diverse content and things like that hitting the web. And so, um, yeah, I feel like I'm fulfilling a mission that I'm personally aligned with, uh, when, when we're doing this. So yeah, excited about it. And thanks for the opportunity. Thank you, Tyler. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Doug. Have a good one.